Welcome to Money Matters Podcast, where we strive to educate and empower you to make smart choices with your money. We believe people don't typically plan to fail. They simply fail to plan. Here are your hosts, Mike and Matt. Welcome to Money Matters Podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody today for listening in on our podcast. Hopefully you've listened in on a previous podcast we've done on foundation planning for financial planning. My business partner, Matt, welcome. Doing, doing great, Mike. How are you doing today? Good. We also have a, our guest here who's been on the previous insurance podcast, Hunter Wyckoff. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be back. Great to have you. Thanks for coming back. Of Good course. to see you again, Hunter. Yeah. So for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, we've done a previous podcast on foundation planning and your financial planning, basically cash flow budgeting, risk management, which is just another great word for insurance planning and then estate planning as well. So the risk management piece is what we're going to talk about today. In previous podcasts, we did one on long-term care protection, disability and critical illness protection. Today, we're going to talk about life insurance planning. And I think, Matt, it's kind of strange when you talk about life insurance planning, why it's called life insurance, when I think most people look at it, it's really death protection for death, right? Why don't they call it death insurance? Maybe that was just kind of a bad word nobody would ever buy because they don't want to assume the fact that at some point in time, they're probably going to die. But I think when we come to life insurance, I think as well as you know, you've been in the business 18, 19 years. I've been in the business 34 years. Life insurance has drastically changed, especially in the last probably five or six years. But let's talk about just briefly between you two, uh, get a different perspective. Matt, you have a family. You have two young kids at home. Yes, I do. You have a beautiful home. You have a great wife, uh, partner. Hunter, you're totally opposite. You're single. Um, don't own home yet. That probably is in your future plans. But we talk about life insurance protection, Matt. Starting out with a family, why is it so important to have life insurance protection in place? And talk about it from your your point of view. Why do you have life insurance, and why why did you buy it, and why does Megan have it, and what are your thoughts as far as God forbid something happens to you or her sooner than later? Sure. Yeah. My my experience has been that. Uh, that it's an important responsibility for us, Mike. Like I, I didn't want to lay awake uh, as I got a house and then, uh, you know, getting married, having kids. There's a lot of responsibility that, that falls on one. And uh, I just felt like for me, I, I didn't want to think about, oh, my God, what if I die tomorrow? What kind of financial ruin would I leave my family in? And so from just that perspective, the life insurance makes a lot of sense because there's two things that are certain, right? Death and taxes. Mm. So I can't do anything about taxes, but I at least know that, you know, if I'm not there from an emotional and uh, financial support, my, my family will be okay. I believe there's no problem that a lack of money can't make worse. So we have, we've uh, taken the responsibility and bought life insurance for to protect our family. And that's so true. I think you bring up a good point in the fact that there's no problem that a lack of money doesn't almost make worse, right? If God forbid something happened to a a young person in a young family, you know, a a, a family just getting started, whether it be a car accident, sickness, no matter if I don't think young, old, my mom passed away two years ago, September 2019 and 96 years old. And I still went through it. I, I, you know, a pretty, very difficult grieving sure. process. I understood that 96 years of age, you know, you've lived a long, healthy life. And I was 
uh, I don't want to say glad my mom passed, but she had no real lifestyle. I mean, she had a stroke. She was in a nursing home, but everybody has that grieving process and then they have financial problems on top of it, having all the debt. And there's nobody that's going to give you a break when you have a death. They don't even give you a break on airlines anymore, I don't think. You can't even buy grievance tickets anymore and get a discount. They actually surcharge you, upcharge you from what I heard. I don't know if that's true, but Mm. my point being is that when you die, your mortgage doesn't stop. Your car payments don't stop. Your student loans don't stop. One thing that probably does stop is an income from that person. If they were working in a job or career that provided an income, that goes away. Exactly. And we talk about... Uh, life insurance for young people, Hunter. Um, what is important or why would a young person at 22, 23, 24 years old like you single buy life insurance? That's a great question. And if you asked anybody else, they probably wouldn't have an answer for you. Because like what Matt said, I don't have many, I don't have anybody depending on me. I don't have children. I don't have a spouse. I don't own a home yet. But when I was 19 years old, I saw the the fact that you could build money within the life insurance policy as a huge asset. When you talk about building money, what are you talking about? So I looked at it as the permanent life insurance policies. So, so cash value type policies, exactly, right? Exactly. So you, you pay a cert, certain amount of money into the, the policy where you would get a death benefit. Should you die prematurely, that goes to your beneficiaries. In this case, it's my parents. Because I don't have anyone else. And then attached to that is a cash value bucket. So any money that is above what goes to pay for the death benefit goes into my cash value bucket and grows throughout the life of the policy. Mm -hmm. So I saw that as a big asset. Yes, I had a feeling that I would need life insurance down the road because I've seen buying a house in my future for quite a few years now. And I knew that if I were to die in my 30s or 40s, that mortgage would be put on someone. Mm. So I would want to be able to pay that off as well as student loans. If they're not federal, I want to make sure that if they go to someone else, a co-signer, say, for example, I want to make sure they're paid off. So I saw that as a benefit. But then on top of that, I got this cash value bucket that grows tax deferred and I can pull money out of it tax tax efficiently down the road. A lot of people say tax-free as well. So that's that was the main reason for me to take out life insurance. Right. And I think when you talk about life insurance for younger people, too, I think, again, we get back into that piece where even though you don't have a lot of responsibilities, right, and then you have that in, invincibility. I mean, most people that are 22, 23 don't think about death. Right. You know, they're my age. You know, we're all looking at, well, I guess if we had newspapers, you know, <laughs> used to look at the obituaries <laughs> when you get my age, right? Um, so... I think the other piece is guaranteeing your health, you know, guaranteeing your future insurability at a younger age. You can buy life insurance at a younger age, which is a lot less expensive than waiting until you're older. And then also, if you have a health issue come up, if you do get cancer, and again, we talked about that in previous podcasts, cancer doesn't discriminate. It can hit anybody. Yep. So having that guaranteed insurability. So there really are two types. Well, there are two avenues to purchase life insurance, right? One would be through an employer. Some employers offer group life insurance and even the ability to buy supplemental life insurance, right? Yes. We've all dealt, all three of us have dealt with sure. that with uh, clients who've come in that work for their companies. They've got $100,000 of group life insurance. What's a, even though it's a, what's a benefit and a negative or a positive and negative 
of group life insurance, Matt. From what I've seen with group life insurance, the, the positive piece is it's very simple. A lot of times the HR person brings in your benefits booklet and you just sign a couple forms. And like what you said, Mike, maybe there's a, a employer paid portion, $100,000 or two times annual salary that I get automatically. And then maybe I can buy up to another $200,000 or $300,000, who knows. So, so it's, low cost. It's, it's low cost. It's easy. And in some instances, I don't have to qualify. The The biggest drawback. What do you mean? That, Wait a minute. What do you mean about qualifying? Explain qualifying to the listeners. Well, well so qualifying means like like with uh, if I had a pre-existing condition, let's say I had cancer. Uh, if, if I sign up for a employer group plan, there might be a not be a tremendous hurdle to get coverage. I might not need to do a nursing exam. There may not be a whole lot of health questions. So it could be easy for me to get coverage. So that's um, great for somebody who doesn't have access to life insurance to get it through their employer. Yeah, that could be. So uh, because because of that, though, there are some limitations. It's not portable. So most companies won't let me take that with me. And if I leave now, all of a sudden I'm, you know, let's say I retire and I'm 64 years old and now I lose all my life insurance because I left my job. That doesn't do me any good. That's huge, right? I mean, if you end up in a car accident. And I always say this because, you know, I always think of car accidents just because you see them, right? <laughs> sure. And everybody knows the traffic in Denver is horrendous <laughs> and it gets worse all the time, but mm-hmm. it could be anything that would cause you to lose your job. Your employer is going to keep you employed if you're not able to work. No. And when your employment ends, typically your life insurance goes away and you have nothing. And most people think that that would be there for them to be taking care of the family. And they died nine months later and they left their employment six months after that. So very important for people today listening today to look at their employer provided life insurance to see if it's convertible or see if it's portable. Portable. And if it's not, then they should reach out and have individual protection, right? I agree. By individually, take that responsibility because it's beyond you as a person when you're talking about death benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, it's about those you leave behind. How important is it to protect the family? And I think there's a lot of misconception because people think they need to ensure the breadwinner of the family, right? Which is true. But if you think about today, if there's still, we probably see more dual careers today than we ever had before, where people are paying for daycare for their kids, but both parents are working. Yes. Than what we did years ago, where you had one person working, one person stay at home. And typically not to be sexist, but usually it was the female in the home that stayed home. Um, but it's important to protect that stay-at-home person too, because who's going to stay home with the kids? So when that person does pass away, if they do, you've got all the responsibility now. You've got to work. You've got to take care of the kids. You've got to take them to baseball, football, soccer, dance, recitals. You've got to attend their school events. You've got to help them with their homework today because of COVID, right? Yeah. So now, and then you've got all the housing expenses. You've got all the things that both of you split up, all the duties that were split between two partners or a husband and wife fall on just one that fall on just one person. So very, very, uh, very good information. So the last part or the last piece of how you acquire coverage Hunter is individual insurance, right? Yes. And you mentioned about the permanent life insurance. So we're going to talk a little bit about the different, very basic today. We're not going to go in depth with a lot of the ins and outs of all these policies. That isn't what the discussion is. If you want to contact us, or talk to your own financial advisor, do so. You can contact us at goldenwealthsolutions.com on our website. 
You can email us at Mike, Matt, or Hunter, either one of our first names at gwsfinancial.com. Shoot us an email. We'll be more than happy to answer your questions on life insurance. We get into individual life insurance, as I call it. You have permanent, which can be today a whole life contract. Whole life. It can be a universal flexible premium contract. It can be a variable, even though they're kind of not really existing as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you have term insurance. Mm -hmm. So Matt, the best way I describe this to my clients is I, I look at term insurance as kind of renting. Yeah, you own the contract, but you really don't own it forever because term insurance comes in typically 10, 15, 20, 30 year guarantees where the policy typically would be guaranteed for that period. At the end of that period, your life insurance is what? It's up. It, it expires, out. right? Yeah. It's like renting an apartment, right? When your lease is up, you either got to renew your lease or get it. and got to requalify, or you got to get out, yeah. <laughs> right? Where if you own a home, as Hunter says, you have equity in the home, right? You have ownership in the home. Building kind of the way I look at permanent life insurance. So you have that death benefit that always comes with life insurance. So if you die, that death benefit goes to your beneficiaries. And then Hunter mentioned an unusual piece that I don't think many people understand about permanent life insurance is the ability to build up cash value. Mm -hmm. Kind of go through that, Matt. I know you have a cash value life insurance policy. Tell me why that piece can be viable and what the negatives and positives are of having a cash value or permanent life insurance policy. Well, my, my understanding is that it's not a new or uh, creative concept. I think old Walt Disney had a, a cash value policy way back in the days when he started Disney. So I think businesses and individuals have been using this type of permanent life insurance policy for years. Uh, but in main, you know, in mainstream, I don't think a lot of people are aware of all of the benefits, uh, tax benefits and growth benefits of having some money in a cash value policy. So uh, Hunter alluded to it a little earlier. We put some extra money in our life insurance to build that extra cash bucket, a, a diversification piece and uh, you know that allows us uh, that allows us to grow a portion of our assets safely and in a tax in a tax favorable manner I'll, I'll kind of say it like that um, one of the other aspects Mike that I don't think a lot of people are aware of and maybe you could talk more about this is the loan provision I have a lot better access to the money in my life insurance than I do in my 401k yeah I think that's you know i I will tell you for 34 years, I've owned permanent life insurance for probably 30 of my 34 years. Um, we've been able to build up cash value in our contracts over that 30 year period. That has allowed us to, <laughs> we bought cars with it. We purchased uh, UTVs, ATVs. We're now using it to pay for my daughter's education for nursing. Mm. Uh, we've, we've used it for many reasons. And so you do have access to that. And like a retirement plan, typically that you have to wait till 59 and a half age to take money out without a penalty from the IRS. Mm -hmm. Life insurance can be a little bit more liquid or a little bit more accessible, if you will, to get money out. If you need it, you can take a withdrawal, which we won't get into the tax implications of that today. But there's a huge advantage of taking out a loan in your life insurance coverages today. One, there's no reason or no, not no reason. There's not really a term that you have to work on and paying it back. Mm -hmm. Yes. If the loan's outstanding, uh, you pass away, the outstanding loan would be subtracted from the death benefit at time of death. The goal, though, is if you want to use the cash value is to take a loan and pay it back over on your own cord, your own time frame. Yeah. 
and then use it for other purposes, right? So very flexible way for you to have another bucket, not totally liquid, definitely much more liquid and on a much more tax favorable treatment than what you potentially see in a retirement account. Yes. So that's you. That's, that's interesting. You know, we have kind of two legs, right? On a life insurance policy, you have the death benefit protection on a permanent life plan and you have the cash value on a permanent life plan. Unfortunately, term, like we said earlier, renting, there's no cash value pot, right, Hunter? But what's yes. an advantage of term insurance? It's much, much less expensive than exactly. a permanent plan. Yeah, because you're you're just it's buying renting. the raw cost of insurance. So you're not paying that extra money to have that cash. So for those people that are young, I think, and have very little disposable income, have a high life insurance need, term insurance can be a great fit for them, right? Yep. Good way to get started. Great way to get started. I would say a lot of your good quality term life insurance policies out there have a conversion privilege, Hunter, right? Yes. What does that conversion conversion privilege allow you to do? So conversion privileges can differ depending on what policy and what company you're with. But normally what it says is you can convert that term policy into a permanent policy. Policies that we talk about building cash value. Exactly. Without having to go back through the health underwriting that Matt was referring to earlier. So taking that exam, sometimes blood and urine are taken as well. So you can avoid that. So say, for example, you got cancer five years after you bought a term life insurance policy, you would be able to already pre-qualify for a permanent plan without having to go back through any of the health underwriting. So in understanding these correctly, and so our listening audience understands, is that if I bought the term policy at age 25, let's say today, yeah, and I was approved preferred non-tobacco, and eight years from now I get cancer, yeah, and I have that term insurance, and it has a conversion privilege, they'll go back to my original underwriting approval of preferred non-tobacco and give me that rate on the permanent life insurance when I convert, right? Correct. Wow. It just to be at my attained age. Yes. That's huge. You guarantee your insurability that whole time. So I think really, Matt, would you agree when it comes down to having life insurance? I don't know that there's a right or wrong of having perm or term, permanent or term. I think the first thing is solve the problem for the life insurance. Yes. How much do I get need? that? Get that in place first. Yeah. Then it's determining that second leg, that ability to determine if you want to build cash value, if putting money in a life insurance policy that grows tax deferred and that could possibly allow you to take money out on a tax efficient or tax favorable basis down the road. Yep. That might be very, very big to have that bucket of tax, possibly tax-free money down the road, as opposed to taking all your money out of your retirement accounts that are taxable, right? Exactly. Um, and you can do a combination, right? What do we call that? A blend. A blend, a perm term, what they call permanent term blend, where maybe you can't afford to put all the money into the permanent life insurance, but you like the concept and you do that for a portion of your life insurance that typically is going to be a longer need. Yeah. And then the term insurance covers a lot of your shorter term needs, car loans, maybe student loans, maybe from the time your children are young to the time they reach adulthood, covering those big expense years where if something happens to you, let's talk a little bit about as we kind of wrap up on this life insurance is when a person dies. So in your situation, Matt, you have two young children. So the way I understand social security benefits is there's a uh, survivor benefit with social security, which is based on how old your children are. Oh, family. Sure. Yeah. 
So they can get a family monthly income benefit from Social Security upon the death of a person who's qualified to have Social Security benefits, meaning they've worked 10 years, they've got their four quarters in with Social Security. But again, when the children reach the age of 19, that benefit reduces when the children are both legal adults, 19, stops, right? that's called the blackout period, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a period of time. So if you have a 40, 45 year old who doesn't maybe have enough life insurance and their kids are 19 and 20, maybe still living at home, maybe still in college, maybe still dependent on income sources from the family. And maybe the wife or husband doesn't work or whatever. They die. There's no social security benefits available till age 60. Yeah. A widow can't draw social security benefits if their kids are 19 and it's called the blackout period. And that's very important for people to understand. Social security, when your children reach majority age 19 in states made different, is that there's only a $255 funeral allowance that social security gives you when you die. Wow. That's it. So the government's not gonna take care of you. So if you don't take the responsibility yourself to protect your family and your loved ones, that's a problem. And then of course, life insurance has a lot of other unique features, which we'll get into in other podcasts, which is protecting business owners sure. in the event they're in business together, key man in case insurance. one dies that yep. they're not in business with the other person's spouse and key person insurance. So life insurance has, I think, not just because it's part of what I do, but plays a huge role in our economy, plays a huge role in the human life value. We talk about human life value. That's important when you have a spouse who doesn't work. There's still a human life value there. There may not be an income, but there's a human life value there that needs to be protected. Then you got that cash value side. We haven't even talked about how that works. And that's probably a discussion for a whole different topic. Using it to fund other, yeah. But you got policies today that can give you a percentage of the standard of Poor's 500 return when it goes up and yet prevent you from losing anything when it goes down. So they've gotten very creative about how they're building this cash value of the policies. And then the third and last option or piece on the life insurance, I think is that three, I call it a, you've heard me mention it to my clients before, kind of a three-legged stool, right? The death benefits, one leg, the cash value accumulation of building that tax deferred tax, possible tax favored tax-free savings down the road. The third bucket, what happens if something happens to me where I don't die? We go back to our previous benefits. podcast we did on disability critical illness. You know, you, you become disabled and it's a long-term disability. God forbid, two years, three years, maybe for the rest of your life. You know, Michael J. Fox, there's a perfect example of somebody who's been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease early on in his life. And he's still doing just fine. And you hear about this all over the time. People yeah. getting, you can actually go in some of these life insurance policies today and utilize what they call an accelerated benefit rider for chronic illness. And on some policies, you can get up to 80% of your death benefit, usually no higher than a million dollar death benefit. So take a $500,000 death benefit, 80% of that's $400,000. You can accelerate that out of the policy. Use it while you're To alive. pay for chronic illnesses, sicknesses, accidents that happen that typically would last beyond 90 days. And there's a whole definition inside life insurance you have to buy by. But it's a third-legged stool to be able to provide that cash yep. available to help a family. Again, no situation that a lack of money doesn't make worse, right? Yeah, and exactly. if you have that extra bucket to fall back on and use those living benefits. So it's not just death insurance, right? Which most people, I think, in the past have looked at life insurance. It's death insurance. It's living benefit insurance. Mm -hmm. And it could be cash 
funding for college for your kids. It could be cash funding for your retirement. It could be just building a, a tax efficient bucket of money down the road yeah. and then using it for business purposes. And that buy, sell, business continuation funding, key person insurance. There's all kinds of. So, again, for those people listening today, we just wanted to get an overview, real high level overview of life insurance today. Try to get people to think differently about life insurance and how they use it in their everyday planning. It's not just death insurance today. The insurance industry has gotten really creative to provide these, these I, I call them just unbelievable products today. And I would highly recommend if you have an advisor today, you reach out to them, talk to them about it, see what the benefits are, do your research. We'll always give you unbiased opinions. We'll always give you a second opinion or be more than happy to try to help you understand the value of life insurance, what type of insurance is appropriate for you, what's right for your own situation, I guess. So feel free to, you know, again, reach out to us. Again, goldenwallsolutions.com is our website. Check us out on our web. Check us out on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, make sure you try to look up our old podcasts. If you have any trouble, contact Taylor in our office. Um, our emails are all the same. It's just our first name at gwsfinancial.com. Taylor does a great job with these podcasts. She can send you a podcast on any of our subjects in the past uh, via email or send you the link. Uh, but reach out to us. We can help you. Matt, as always, I'd like to thank you for being my partner. I'd like to thank you for uh, being here today, uh, working through this. I couldn't think of anybody better to be in business with. And Hunter, thank you for your time today. Um, so impressed with where you've come from uh, in the short two years you've been here. Uh, getting your securities license now, for those of you on the podcast don't know, Hunter will soon be a fee-based financial advisor within our mm -hmm. firm. So yeah. I want to congratulate him on early 2021 passing his yeah. exam. And yeah. he's wrapping up some minor other things and he'll be off running. So thank you guys for both being here. Thank you for listening today. Look forward to our next podcast. They'll be out in April as well. It'll be Another podcast on estate planning. We're going to have our guest, Raquin Young, who's an estate planning attorney here in Golden. And she's going to do a really good job of talking about why it's important to have your estate planning documents. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining Money Matters. And contact us if we can help you. This podcast is for educational purposes only and may include references to concepts that have legal and or tax implications and is not to be construed as legal or tax advice. Such information and or opinions are subject to change without notice and is not intended as an offer or solicitation with respect to the purchase or sell of any security, insurance product, or offer of any individual advice. Any strategy discussed may not be suitable for everyone. Securities America Incorporated does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional regarding your personal situation prior to making any financial decisions. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors Incorporated, Golden Wealth Solutions, and Securities America are separate entities.